Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. This is Shannon, and today I am here with Brooke, Georgina, and Amber, Hooray. who hasn't been here in a little while. Well, we are yeah, always glad to have you. We are talking about cozy mysteries tonight. Hooray. So we will get started with the usual housekeeping information. Then Amber will give us her first book, followed by Brooke, me, and lastly, Georgina. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Book Bistro podcast. Once there, you can post to our timeline. You can also message us privately. If you want a more social interaction, you can join our Facebook listener group, which is pretty quiet at the moment, though we are looking at some ways of possibly revamping it. If Facebook is not your thing and you still would like to hang out with us, check us out on our WhatsApp group. You can subscribe to that either by messaging us through Facebook or by sending us an email and one of us will be happy to add you. If you're looking to get a hold of us via email, you can do that by contacting the Book Bistro Podcast at gmail.com. So my first book this evening, I am so excited to talk about. Um, so it's called Because I Could Not Stop for Death. Um, and it is Emily Dickinson, book one by Amanda Flower. The main character is Emily Dickinson. So there's a girl who is applying to be a maid at the Dickinson household. And she applies. And at first, she's not she's not going to get the job because she shows up. Uh, it was raining. She fell in a puddle. All sorts of not good stuff happened. And so the housekeeper was about ready to give her the boot. And Emily Dickinson walked in and said, no, we should keep her. She's our new maid. So... She moves in and sadly her brother is killed and Ooh. Emily Dickinson basically plays detective. And, you know, it's so interesting because um, the author did such a nice job because when this book was taking place, there was a lot of debate about like slavery and should, so Massachusetts during that time didn't have slavery, but, um, you know, it was when if a slave, you know, escaped to the North, you had to send them back to the South. So like, ah, yes, played a really big, um, it played a really big part in the story and just how Emily Dickinson kind of used her privilege as Emily Dickinson to like go places that other people couldn't go. Um, and, you know, she would just be like, hey, I'm Emily Dickinson and you should totally answer my question <laughs> because, you know, my father's a congressman or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, she really kind of used that allyship to get answers, you know, that she needed. Um, and it explores, you know, a lot of race and class, but it's also just a really good cozy mystery. I mean, you know, there are a lot of funny parts to it too. And I follow the author on Facebook. And so I really kind of wanted to get this book out there because they are actually apparently deciding whether this book should go beyond two, two books because she's only oh. contracted to do two. So if you guys read this book, go to Amazon and leave a review. Um, yes. because it, that will determine whether the publisher continues the series. And it's just fantastic. Um, it was a really unique premise, a really good book and a really good cozy. So again, that is because I could not stop for death, Emily Dickinson, book one by Amanda Flower. And please read, um, leave a review on Amazon if you possibly can. I've seen Here's these. A, when you I have this book on mystery. my TBR, yes. and I've actually read some of her other books, and I love. I've really, really enjoyed. Yes, the book. she's a very fun author. There's yeah. this really cool trend with like taking historical figures and putting them in um, like mystery novels, 
Yeah. Um, yes. Here's yes. a price has like one with Jane Austen. Oh, Jane yeah. Austen is pretty popular in uh, mystery novels. Stephanie Barron does too. So my first book this evening is Up to No Gouda. Grilled Cheese Mysteries, book one <laughs> by Linda Riley. So our main character's name is Carly, and Carly's had a really rough time. She decided that she was going to kind of like put her dreams off to the side in order to like follow her husband to do whatever he wanted to do. But then he ends up dying and she ends up coming back home. So this is when we join her. And when she returns home in Vermont, um, she opens up a grilled cheese, like, restaurant. So it, it all specializes in different kinds of grilled cheese, which they talk about the different ones that they're making, and it sounds so good. So their, like, specialty is, like, grilled cheese and tomato soup, which is so interesting. So as I said, our main character's name is Carly, and she's kind of, her, like, her restaurant is really taking off. People are really loving it. She's been open for about five months when we joined the book. And then her ex-boyfriend from back in high school comes into her restaurant and informs her that he has bought the building that her restaurant is located in and he's not going to renew her lease. Oh, and he gives her a month. Yeah. He gives her a month to leave. So she's freaking out because she has two staff members. Um, Suzanne is supporting her young son and then Grant, she's about 19 and he's saving up money in order to go to culinary school. Like his um, parents are really, really kind of, really good musicians and they want him to go to music school, but he totally wants to be a chef. And he's like got these great, great ideas for different things to make. He's saving up money. So she's really upset that she might have to let these people go. So she's kind of like racking her brain, trying to figure out like what she's going to do. Well, the next day she comes to work and she finds Lyle dead beside the garbage bins behind her restaurant. (laughs) And there had been this whole like encounter between her um, Suzanne and Lyle and Suzanne kind of like threatens him that something's going to happen one of these days to him, right? That he's going to get his due. So she is now a suspect in his death. Carly knows there's no way that Suzanne could ever have done this. So she decided that she's going to start investigating because she wants to figure out, like, save her friend Suzanne, but also, like, save her business. So she starts investigating, and she's learning all these things that are kind of happening in the town. And, like, she's learning that Lyle, there was things that Lyle was doing that was not, like, up, like, on par. Like, they were not good things. So as she's learning all these things, we're meeting the different characters in the town, and we're also meeting some of her friends, and it's really, and she's even reconnecting with people that she hadn't connected with before, because when she first came back home, she was grieving, right? So she really kind of kept to herself, and she focused on opening her business, but she realizes that she needs to kind of get out there and show people that she wants to be in this back home and stuff like that. So this, my friends, is up to no Gouda. Grilled Cheese Mysteries, book one by Linda Riley. And um, so book two is out and then book three comes out, I think early next year. So my first book tonight was uh, recommended to me by Kristen. I don't think she's ever read it. But she saw the synopsis and figured that I would like it. And so she uh, sent me a link to it on Goodreads. But this is Familiar Magic, oh. Tabby Kitten Mysteries, book one by Constance Barker and Corinne Winters. Do you? I yes. Um, yes. She sent it to me um, because I currently have two tabbies. 
So that works out very nicely. But unfortunately, my tabbies are not magical like the tabby in this book. (laughs) So Sia is our main character, and she is a witch living in a small town in Illinois. And she has this really huge family. In fact, it's so huge that if you ask her, like, is Eric your cousin? She's like, yeah, but don't ask me how he's related to me. Like, I just know that he is, but I can't really, I can't tell you how. I can't like trace it back and, you know, figure out all the connections. (laughs) So she owns this craft store called The Stitch in Time. And it's been, you know, pretty, pretty successful. So she's, she's happy. But one night, a couple comes in and they tell her, and I think this is, you know, it takes a lot of gall to do this, but they tell her that they're coming to her store to buy supplies for their new store, which is oh. like the oh. competition for hers. So one of Sia's many cousins comes in as this whole thing is going on. And he is very, very angry. He's shouting all kinds of nonsense about a blood feud and how this like woman should not be in the store. Like, doesn't she know that this directly you know, violates the rules of this feud? And Thea is upset. You know, she doesn't understand like why he's ranting and raving. And she's also not very happy that her store is going to have some competition in town. Now, the next day, this woman, Rebecca, is found dead in a gazebo in town and people have heard of course that the uh you know had kind of an altercation with her as did this cousin of hers so now she is kind of looking into this crime and kind of running afoul of the police detective who's in charge and he keeps telling her you know you're not a detective like stop playing detective don't be like nosing around But Thea has reasons for trying to get involved in this case. And I'm not going to tell you what the reasons are. Um, But what I will say is that for me, the appeal of this book is more in like the characters and the town. Um, The mystery, I feel like, takes kind of a a backseat. I didn't find it as compelling as I had hoped it would be. But I was really enchanted just with like the, the place. Um, Thea's best friend is a fox shifter who owns a bookstore. Um, Thea has an orange tabby familiar who looks like a kitten. So hence tabby kitten mysteries, but who has actually been with Thea since Thea was like a child. So it's like this magically, you know, kind of a very old cat that looks like a kitten, acts like a kitten. Um, and it's just, it, it was very, very cool. It was a quick read. Um, and definitely if you are a fan of, you know, cats in general or tabbies in particular, um, I would definitely give this one a go. It is Familiar Magic, Tabby Kitten Mysteries, book one by Constance Barker and Corinne Winters. Well, I'm a huge fan of tabby cats, having had the Miss Kitty Wumpus for many oh, years. Right. I forgot she was a tabby. Yes. So I will definitely not, not that you're a bad cat champ. Don't listen. But yeah, <laughs> I will definitely check this out for sure. Oh, champ is a black Champ, champ just looked at me like, what? Like, really? <laughs> Tabbies? Yeah. Oh, Tabbies geez. are overrated. Right. <laughs> My first book that I'm going to talk about this evening is an author I discovered by sheer accident on Kindle. Her name is, she just has the initials H.Y. Hannah. It is called A Scone to Die For, Oxford Tea Room Mysteries, book one. Um, We have Gemma, who is an accountant somewhere and decides to give up her job in the U.S. That's all it says is America. Like when you read the book, um, it doesn't say where or anything. And she decides that she's, she misses home and she just to give up her job and everything and move back to Oxford 
and be with her family, move in with her parents so she can open a tea room. <clears throat> so when she opens this tea room, people come and they, you know, they get, it, it becomes popular very quickly. And of course, there's some meddlesome old ladies in this um, book and they sit oh, yeah. in the front of her tea room every, every day. But when Gemma comes to work one day, she finds that one of her patrons was, or one of her customers was um, found murdered in her tea room. Oh, with, cool. Yes, with one of her scones. So oh. the local police who Gemma used to date decides that she must be guilty, even though they haven't <laughs> seen each other in a very long time. Um, they separated not on amicable terms, but the zing between them is still there. So Gemma has to find who the killer is and who wanted this American, because they are American, um, dead. And Gemma's mom is quite interfering and nosy and doesn't <laughs> like the police detective. So <laughs> this is um, a scone to die for. Oxford, Ox, Oxford Tea Room Mysteries, book one by H.Y. Hannah. I've had this mm. on my radar to read for a while. I've seen They're the They're actually pretty cute. The mom is really funny. Okay. <sighs> so my next book is The Cat Who Could Read Backwards, The Cat Who, book one, Cat. by Lillian Jackson Braun. Mm, yes. Wow. <laughs> this is like a yes. classic cozy series. Yes. This is classic. Yes. So this series is really weird because the first four books were like released in like the 60s or early 70s. And then she took like a 10 year break Oh, and then wrote the rest of them. And there are like 30 in the series. Um, So what I will say about the series is I read all of them like almost back to back. But the way the series ends is really bizarre and I'm not, I haven't done a lot of research, so I don't know if, like, she passed away before she could do another book or what happened, but the book series just ends. Um, so if you don't, so if you don't like series that are, like, if you want your series to be really tied up at the end, do not read this book or this series, but these books are so fun. So, the cat who could read backwards starts off with Jim Quillerin. Everyone calls him Quill. And he is a journalist. He's a reporter for the Daily Flexion. The Daily Flexion is a newspaper in an unnamed city, probably I'd say like Detroit or Chicago, some, somewhere like that. Um, and Quill is kind of a, a little down and out. He's doesn't really have like a stable place to live. He just kind of bounces from place to place. And he gets a job at the Daily Flexion as a reporter. And he is, he's gone through some stuff. He got divorced. He was an alcoholic for a long time. So like he hadn't been working for a really long time. He was a really famous reporter. He didn't work for a long time. And they hired him at the Daily Flexion almost like as a favor. Um, and, he, and they wanted him to be an art critic. And he knows nothing about art. Uh, so he's kind of like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, but okay. Um, but they ask him to write not necessarily art reviews, but like about the artists and the art world and stuff like that. So he actually meets the art critic for the paper. And the art critic is uh, really proper. And he's like a gourmet cook. And he has a Siamese cat named Coco. Well, his real name is Coco uh, Kam Kwam or something. I can't say it. It's a Chinese <laughs> word. Uh, and, and he's named after a 13th century Chinese artist. But so they, Jim Quiller and just calls him Coco. And uh, Coco, uh, basically what happens is Coco's owner, the art critic, dies. And... Um, Quill and Coco figure out basically who did it and you know as the series goes on um, you know they adopt another cat named Yum Coco and Yum Yum um, as the series goes on like some of the stuff is more improbable um, you know and, and 
at the end of a, a you know at the end of a couple of the books I was just kind of like really um and there are times in the series where Quillerin can kind of be a little bit of a jerk um you definitely have to kind of keep in mind that like these books were written at a different time um so they are not probably the most PC books that you'll ever read but they are fun you know if you're just looking for a light read they they don't take very long to read they're kind of fluffy and very cozy so if you want a really good book about Siamese cats and mysteries and just a fun little read pick up uh, The Cat Who Could Read Backwards by Lillian Jackson Braun. Maybe the cat is like secretly the art critic and can like write all the cat re- the art reviews. Uh, <laughs> he probably could. <laughs> so my next book tonight is Peg and Rose Solve a Murder. Peg and Rose, book one by Lorianne Berenson. So this... Oh. For people who know Lorianne Barrison, yeah. um, she writes the Melanie Travis mysteries, and this is like um, a spinoff. So oh. Peg and Rose are Melanie's aunts. So Peg and Rose, um, they're sister-in-laws. Um, Peg was married to Rose's brother, Max, um, her older brother. Um, and Peg is a standard poodle breeder as well as a judge like a dog show judge so you learn a lot about kind of her thoughts about poodles and you also get to see her at dog shows so I like that right there I was totally in love um I'm not a big poodle fan but that's okay I don't mind (laughs) they're still dogs (laughs) they're still dogs exactly so Peg and Rose don't really get along um, they've always just never got along for like 40 years. And then one day Rose decides to come and ask Peg to come and join her in playing bridge. She needs a bridge partner. Um, and she knows that Peg used to play bridge. So she's hoping that she'll come and play with her. So Peg's like, um, I guess so. Sure. So she goes off and they join the group. And at first, they're not doing so well, but they're kind of also at the same time, Peg and Rose are trying to get to know each other again. So Rose, like one thing I thought was funny, she gives Peg a kind of a bridge for dummies book. So she kind of insults Peg, but she doesn't really understand why Peg is insulted. Like she thought it was a good thing to do, like just to give her a little refresher. But, um this is kind of the, the relationship that Peg and Rose have. Like they kind of get on each other's nerves, but at the same time, they're trying to like, trying to get a, get over it all. Um, Rose used to be a nun. So this is something you learn right Ooh. off the bat. She used to be a nun and her husband actually used to be a priest. So, so I thought Ooh. that was interesting. Um, I really, really like um, Rose and her husband Peter because they actually run a shelter for um, women that are in trouble so you get to see how they're starting this shelter which is really cool and also you get to see Peg um, take on a rescue poodle and also to help her to learn to be a dog and it's not to be so afraid so I thought that was really cool so they said um, Peg and Rose they're playing bridge um, and a couple of weeks into their whole bridge adventure, one of the more like really good players ends up being found dead. Oh. So Peg and Rose are really like the only difference that has happened in this bridge group. So automatically they're all blamed. And people start like pointing fingers at them and giving like these reasons, like bizarre reasons as to why they must have like killed this Dan guy. So of course they didn't. So they start investigating because they're so used to investigating with Mel, their uh, niece, that they can't really stop themselves. So they start investigating. And it's really funny, like some of the questions, like they, how they're trying to get 
trying to ask people different questions and like how they're investigating. And we also, we learn that the members of this bridge group, there's gambling happening. Um, there's cheating happening. There's adultery. So Ooh. like this bridge group is quite um, a mixture of not so great things. So I'm going to leave there because I don't want to give it in, but it's really neat to watch Penn Rose kind of get to know each other again and how they're trying to become friends. And they're also trying to like get to know one another, but also they're trying to like live their own lives. So I thought it was really interesting to see how that all works out. So this is Peg and Rose Solve a Murder, Peg and Rose Book One by Lorian Berenson. And I've read um, book one and two, I think, of the Melanie Travis mysteries. And I would definitely say that um, this series looks like it's going to be probably just good. Can you read the Peg and Rose series if you haven't read the um, yeah, Melanie Travis? Yeah, because um, okay. she, 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 like, they refer to Mel. Like, yeah. she, um, in the book, you find out that Mel and her family are out on a... Um, I think of a cross country trip or something oh. like that. They're like okay. out in an RV trip. So I was going to do all like paranormal cozies this time, but then I realized that I really had to talk about the Thursday murder club. I don't know why exactly. I just like, I had to. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I, I read the first book last year I and I really, really loved it. Um, I have the second one here sitting on my iPad. Read the it. Third one. Have you read it? Oh, yeah, that's right. You had read I it. I did. Yes. See, it would not be a book bistro episode that I was in if I wasn't like, read that book immediately. It's true. It's true. Yes. <laughs> so this is The Thursday Murder Club. The Thursday Murder Club, book one by Richard Oseman. And this is set in a small retirement village in England. And we have four main characters who are Joyce, Elizabeth, Ibrahim, and Ron. And every Thursday, they meet to talk about true crime. At least that's what they want people to think. But what they really do is try to solve cold cases. Oh. But then... One of these cases kind of hits a little close to home and they start digging in to this murder that actually you know, affects them in, in real life. So at first I wasn't sure how this was like, how I was going to like this. Um, I wondered if it was going to be something like the, the Mrs. Polifax series that oh. I read one of when I was in high school and didn't really like. Um, but this, I thought, was just so, so clever. All of these characters have really distinct personalities, which may seem like, you know, kind of an obvious thing to say. But the author does such a great job of letting you know just all these little minute details about these people. And you feel like, you know, by the end of the first book, like you really feel as though you know them. I also love that they are these characters who are, you know, pushing 80. And sometimes they kind of use the fact that people underestimate senior citizens yes. and like, you know, kind of just, I don't know, like misjudge them, um, don't take them seriously. And they will use this to their advantage so that they can, you know, continue to look into these things. We also kind of see what their lives might have been like before they entered the retirement community. Um, you know, you see kind of hints of who they were, you know, prior in life. And it's just a really clever, well done book. And I am super excited to continue the series. Um, I think, you know, we don't, we don't see a lot of older characters in, in books, I think, especially in, in mysteries. And I'm just very, very excited that this is a thing and that it has taken off so well. So this is The Thursday Murder Club, The Thursday Murder Club, book one by Richard Oseman.
So the second book is super good. Um, like I think that you get to know the characters a lot more in the ah. second book. Like she, oh, like he cool. really, yeah, like he really does a good job of drawing out the characters. And I think he makes them so distinctive because I read that he was actually he's also a scriptwriter for TV. You know, I think I read that too. Somewhere. Yeah. My second book of the evening is Fries and Alibis by Trixie Silvertail. Yeah. Um, this to me is, it's kind of like a little bit over the top, but they're fun to read. They're light mysteries. So Mitzi Moon, who is named after Cheese, I can't even pronounce her actual real name, but she is known as Mitzi. Mitzi lives in Arizona and works at a dead-end coffee shop. But she thinks she's, that the guy that comes to knock on her door to tell her that she has, her grandmother left her everything is nuts because she's an orphan. Um, But Mitzi gets fed up with her job and decides to go and see this supposed bit inheritance from her supposed grandmother. So she takes a bus all the way to Pincherry. I don't know why Pincherry, but Pincherry, which is near Canada in this, in this series. And she finds that she's quite well off, that her grandmother left her a bookshop of rare magical tomes. Um, she meets the handsome sheriff while she's standing over the dead body. Of course, the sheriff immediately oh. arrests her for the murder and takes her in. So now oh. she has to prove her innocence by using her ghost grandma and her grandma's um, cat who loves to eat fruity pebbles. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, quite a, quite a but they are fun. They're they're very light reads. I think um, book 22 comes out in a, in a few days. So this is Fries and Alibis, Mitzi Moon Mysteries, book one by Trixie Silvertail. Have you read all of them? Yes. Oh, neat. This I sounds fun. I have to check this out. So my last book for the evening will be right up Georgina's alley, and it is The Vampire Knitting Club, The Ooh, Vampire Knitting <laughs> Club, book one by Nancy Warren. And there's actually a companion series to it um, that I'll have to look up the title to because I can't remember. But just look up Nancy Warren, and it's, it's a bookshop in Ireland. But we're going to talk about The Vampire Knitting Club. So in The Vampire Knitting Club, we meet Lucy. And Lucy uh, has landed in Oxford, England. What is up with Oxford and uh, mysteries? But anyway, um, she is going to stay with her grandma for a while. And her grandma owns a shop called Cardinal Woolsey's. Uh, And so she gets to the shop and she finds out that her grandma died. Um, And her grandma left the shop to her with some conditions that, number one, she'd have to live in Oxford and run the shop. But there are a couple of problems with that. Number one, Lucy doesn't know how to knit. So Lucy's my type of girl because her grandma tried to teach her how to knit. It did not happen. My grandma tried to teach me how to crochet like 95 million times. It didn't happen. So I felt Lucy. Um, And she finds out in the course of this, this book that her grandma is actually not dead um she's actually now a vampire and her grandma was murdered and then or she was being murdered and one of her vampire friends turned her into a vampire and there's actually a nest of vampires living underneath the shop um and so basically the vampires and a really cute detective help her solve the mystery of who tried to kill her grandma but they can't really like let the detective in too much on the secret because there's actually no real dead body, um, you know, to investigate. So it is a fun series. Um, I'm, I'm waiting on hold at the library for the second book in the series. There's, there's quite a few in the series um, and they're just a ton of fun. Very parts of them are very funny. 
Um, you don't really even have to know anything about knitting, thank goodness. Um, I actually started with the other series um, about the bookshop in Ireland and then figured out that uh, the Vampire series was connected. So definitely check it out. It's the Vampire Knitting Club, uh, the Vampire Knitting Club book one by Nancy Warren. And is book this 13. up Georgina's alley because it absolutely a is. No, 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 no. Because she knits. Because she knits. All right. I mean, unless Georgina has some tendencies that she hasn't told (laughs) me about. I don't know. Like, I don't want to get too deep into Georgina's business or anything. So I'm not really sure. So my last book tonight is Live and Let Chai, Seaside Cafe Mystery, book one by Brie Baker. So our main character's name is Everly, and Everly has just moved back to her hometown, and she purchased this really, really large house that used to be a bed and breakfast. Um, She lives in part of it, and then she has her little cafe, her iced tea cafe, um, in the rest of it. And she's like slowly getting this place into shape. Um, It's on the on a nice like the sea is like right there and she's so happy to be there like she's always thought that she's wanted this place so when it came up for um up for sale she just kind of jumped on it and she really she kind of like is restoring things as she goes so when we first joined her um she's doing well people are loving her iced tea and things are great. Um, we meet her great aunts. They're, they um, own a, a honey, I think it's a honey store. So they raise um, bees, honey bees, which I honestly couldn't do because getting stung is just not my thing. So they raise honey bees and so they make a lot of honey products. And so we got to meet her great aunts and they're really neat. So there's this man who's like a councilman in the area and he's been trying to get Everly to close her place. Like he, he did not want her to start this because he really bothers him that people are starting to open businesses in their places, like in their homes. And it really bothers him. So he's been trying, his name is, um, his last name is Payne and he's trying to get this place closed. So he comes in and he's like telling her that she needs to tell him, like, tell everybody, like, what's the secret recipes of her um, iced teas, which she doesn't want to tell because like, these are family secrets. And like, what's the point, right? Because then everyone can make it. So she's like, nope. Um, so she's constantly giving him free iced tea to try because she's trying to get him to be on her side. Well, she gives him his peach iced tea. And then he's found dead by the water. And beside him is one of her glasses from her iced tea cafe. It actually has like, um, her logo is on the, uh, like on the, on the cup. So this is not cool. When the autopsy is done, it's discovered that he was poisoned. So this does not go well for Everly. She then has nobody, nobody wants to take to have her iced tea. Nobody wants to go to her shop. And then also it kind of trickles down to her great aunts and nobody will go to their shop. And this is really bothering Everly. Like she, first of all, she doesn't, she wants to succeed and she loves doing what she's doing, but also she doesn't want her great aunts to be affected by her decisions so she starts investigating and while she's investigating we get to meet um a police detective who is also a marshal um and his name is grady and he really doesn't want her to get into this and as the story goes on they start to he starts to kind of get feelings for her and he's also starting to worry about her so he doesn't want her to be involved, not only because she's kind of getting in the way, but also because she's going to get into danger. Um, she ends up getting attacked a couple times. Um, 
we meet some of the other characters, like the other people in the town. We learn more about the town. And it's really, I love her great aunts. They really, really go out of their way to try and make sure that Everly is doing well. Like Everly lost her parents when she was really young. So she was actually raised by her grandmother and her two aunts. And like her, the Swan family, that's her last name. They are kind of like, kind of founders of the town. So everybody knows the Swans. So it really bothers her aunts that everyone is like turning against her. So they decide that they're going to kind of fix things. So it's really neat. They set up like a party for her and they're able to help her kind of work towards getting her business back. And as this story goes on, we learn more about like what this person has done and like who might have gone after him. So if you want to know what happened to Mr. Payne, you will have to read Live and Let Chai Seaside Cafe Mystery, book one by Brie Baker. I love And there's actually seven books. There's seven books in the series and I'm pretty sure all seven are out. And, and like, that's the end of the series. So that's kind of, it's kind of nice for people who like to kind of binge read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, to- I just grabbed this book. So I'm super, like, it has tea in it. Like, how can you go wrong? I'm not yeah. a chai tea <laughs> fan, but that's okay. <gasps> you are not? No, just add it to my weirdness. Oh, I don't, oh. no bacon, no chai. Oh. Cold, you she know, cold weather. Fam. She has like a uh, strawberry, I think it's strawberry kiwi Ooh, one. She had, ooh, and she also that. has a peach one. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'm on board. All right. All right. So my last book tonight is The Hexorcist. <laughs> Supernatural <laughs> Easy, book one by Lily Harper Hart. And this is an author that I have seen like quite a lot on Goodreads and Audible and just all around like book social media, she gets a lot of buzz and I'd never really picked any of her stuff up. And then I thought, well, we're doing the cozy episode. I should check this out. So this is set in New Orleans. And at first I was expecting it to be like a 1920s era because of the whole speakeasy thing. But it's actually set in like contemporary New Orleans post Katrina. And the thing is, supernaturals are living there in secret. And our main character is Ophelia, and she owns a bar, which is one of the kind of hangouts and way stations for the supernatural population. So she does this kind of as a way to like, A, have a business, but also to give them a safe space to be where they don't have to worry about being discovered. They don't have to you know, keep up any glamour that they might have. Um, they can you know, be themselves in in public. So Ophelia owns this bar and her father is, is very proud of her, but like very down on her brother. And so the family dynamics here are pretty tricky. And in the beginning of the book, she is having this huge fight with her father. And it's kind of hard to tell at first, like you get the impression that the father is kind of like saying all these things in a joking manner, but she knows, and you learn pretty quickly that like he's not really joking. So they're having this fight and the bar is open, but like no one's in there with them. And all of a sudden a police detective comes in and he asks, you know, for Ophelia. And she tells him that she's Ophelia and she owns the bar. And he says, well, did you know that there is a dead body out like, you know, behind your establishment? (laughs) And she's like, oh my God, like, I did not know that. So he asks her to come outside with him to see if she can identify the body. And she, she goes out and she looks and she kind of thinks like, maybe he's familiar. Like maybe she saw him somewhere, but she can't really place him. And so she says, you know, no, I I don't know. I don't know who this is. So she then is starting to wonder, like, does this have to do with her business or was he just like a tourist that, you know, maybe got like in the way of something he shouldn't have kind of wrong place, wrong time. 
And for reasons that aren't clear to the reader at first, but that become clearer as the book goes on, um, as you know, some of the heroines in Cozy Mysteries do, she decides that she has to investigate this. And so she starts using her connections in the town and you know, trying to find information, trying to stay out of the way of the police, which of course she, she can't really do because no matter how many connections she has and how stealthy she tries to be, the fact is like, she's not a trained investigator and she gets herself you know, in, into trouble more often than not. I will say that the trouble she gets herself into is not the kind that annoys me. Like sometimes I find in some cozies that the characters like do things that are just ridiculous. Dumb. Yes, yes. They're too, they're too I, dumb they're, to live, they're as, as I saw someone say. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And this is not not really the case with Ophelia like she does kind of things that you you could understand like you don't know how yeah. to investigate so you do what you think is the best and most of the time like it's not <laughs> um I really liked the the flavor of New Orleans that exists here I like the supernatural element and the idea of like taking you know a speakeasy from the 1920s and kind of using that concept in a contemporary setting um, to kind of, you know, hide supernaturals, I thought was super clever. I think there are like nine or 10 books in this series. Um, and then she has a few other um, like paranormal cozy series as well. But this one is The Hexorcist, Supernatural Speakeasy, book one by Lily Harper Hart. This is right at my alley. I'm definitely getting this. Yes. I'll have to check that one out. It looks so good. My last book of the evening is What Sam Knew by Steve Higgs. Um, Patricia is the main character and she discovers her best friend in bed with her husband. Oh, so Patricia decides that she's going to take a trip around the world, dump, take all of their savings, and go on a cruise. Excellent. All right. Now, Patricia runs into a lot of adventures on the cruise. And one of them is where she saves a, 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 a Maharaja? Whoa, she finds on a cruise. Yes, she finds his um, one of his things that his country had lost, and he rewards her with lots of of money and a big old house. So what Sam knew is we see Patricia struggling with her new role as a wealthy woman. And she has this big house that she hasn't explored fully all the rooms because it has so many, like 60 or something crazy like that. Whoa, holy jeez. Um, and it comes with a butler who is, even though um, he likes to watch old episodes of Downton Abbey. So <laughs> he is an African or black um, butler with like a British accent. And he likes to do karate. And so, and he likes to dress in full livery, even though Patricia has told him that he doesn't have to do that. <laughs> um, and it's, he likes to wear a wig of all things too, which is, you know, one of those powdered oh. wigs from the 18th century. Oh, or yeah. 17th, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Patricia finds herself where she's trying to open an office in a part of London um, and she comes across this woman who wants her to find her dog and the woman thinks that her her boyfriend took the dog. Patricia agrees to the case but at the same time she also finds a another client who swears that her husband did not die when he went on a rock climbing expedition and the company saying it's faulty equipment or the people saying it's, you know, he just slipped and 
She's saying, no, could it be faulty equipment? So she hires Patricia to look. Um, these, case, these two cases do merge. Um, and Patricia is quite an interesting, she's a lady in her early 50s and struggles with not being young anymore and having money, which she never had before. And living in a small town in Kent, I think. Um, this is What Sam Knew by Steve Higgs. This, I have never heard of this before, and it sounds Me so either. good. Sounds interesting. So this ends our episode on cozy mysteries. There are a ton of these, so we will definitely have to explore more of them in a future episode. Thank you to Georgina, Brooke, and Amber for participating tonight. Thanks goes out to Christine for all of her editing. And of course, we thank each and every one of you so much for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.